When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Alan Davis and you are listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast and I've got Keith Dover with me today. How are you, Keith? I'm fine, Alan. Absolutely. tickety boo. Keith has been supporting Arsenal since 1887. That's absolutely correct, Alan, but I haven't always been associated with Arsenal. In 1960, I was the head of a UEFA think tank and I recommended that all European finals be played in Antarctica, the Falkland Islands and the Gobi Desert. They said I was a fool. I said, you'll change your mind one day. <laughs> Do you know where the Gobi Desert is? Uh, oh, I have no idea. I've got a rough <laughs> idea with the Falklands. It's, um, I would say, Middle East. It's just a stab in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ian Stone is here. How are you, Ian? Ian? I'm, uh, I'm good. I was thinking that Keith's idea of playing uh, European finals... In where the Gobi Desert, the Falklands, and the Antarctica, Antarctica yeah, would yeah. still be easier to reach than Baku. Then, you're probably right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably have a bigger runway in Antarctica. That's for sure. We could yeah. take the plane. They probably got a pitch. At, they probably have got a pitch at Port Stanley, but I think you might struggle mm. on Antarctica. Oh, come on. Where there's a wheel, there's a way. <laughs> or where there's a brown envelope, there's a UEFA official. Oh, my God, Keith. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. Oh, I'm still bitter. It's the first final I've missed in years, all because of that bunch of Swiss idiots. Yes, you yeah. didn't come to Baku. It wasn't a case that didn't come. I had a ticket. I had everything. No, it, was it a... was a case of you well, not going, though, Keith. Well, <laughs> because you, yeah. you didn't, you didn't go. go. Well, I know <laughs> I didn't go. You had a go. ticket. I had a ticket. It was the fact I didn't really want to pay £2,000 for an air flight out there, you know. No, no. That's, that, was the, that was the overriding factor. The, yeah. the odd couple of grand, you know. Yeah, it but, was uh, ludicrous. Yeah. Oh, it was ridiculous, mate. It was it's just stupid. And that's what disillusions me with football sometimes, is you go for all those rotten matches where you go out in the freezing cold to a Carabag and Batty Brosloff and whoever... <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Can yeah. we just listen to Keith just and, pronounce and, these and you're, different European teams? You're I'm just happy to have that for now. You freeze your nuts off and then it comes to the final and they go, oh no, we don't need you now. Oh no, we'll just pl- put the final anywhere. You know, we don't need you. So no, that's... that's actually, I've got to apologise. Uh, because of all world. sorts of things. Well, no, to the world. <laughs> to the world? Well, really? I do feel responsible. I didn't realise that when I didn't renew my season ticket, it would have this El Nino butterfly effect, that, that suddenly Arsenal would turn shit, and then we'd have this virus which would lock down and the season would end. So I don't know if it's all down to me. I do think others should share some of the blame. I'm not mentioning no names, but, you know, I didn't think just by not renewing my season ticket. 
you know, we were so bad. So that yeah. actually made me feel better. Well, I don't know. think... I think you're taking magical thinking to a new level here, Keith. <laughs> I, I try. I know you've always thought that one of your... Time. Some action of yours can always... <laughs> you could trace back any <laughs> world event to <laughs> something <laughs> you've done. <laughs> but done, not yeah. renewing your season ticket did not cause the COVID-19 <laughs> epidemic. I'm almost certain. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> they took extra risks in the Wuhan wet market because of you not... <laughs> Yeah. I'd like to say, by the way, <laughs> listener, that Keith doesn't cut. Keith is, but we're really a kind of semi-retired Arsenal fan now, then, aren't you? Really? And you Jay, know, uh, our yeah. new producer, Jay, is Jay. Uh, is in um, is in Keith's seat, and he's very hygienic and well behaved. He's loyal. <laughs> he's loyal to the team. He turns up no matter what. He does. <laughs> what? What? Like I didn't for nearly thirty years. And what about? Hygiene. You were the one. You were the one who said a white feather. A white feather of someone didn't turn up. Well, I tell you what, that stadium in Baku, it was it was like fifty thousand swans had had a fight. Oh dear. I mean, how bad was it? Because I mean, watching it on the TV, it was really awful because the camera wherever they were situated was so high. And you could clearly see that the stadium was more or less empty. I, mean, I was in the back row. Yeah. The only good thing about the evening was that you could drink beer in the ground. Mm. And because I was in the back row, I could get out to the bar very easily. You could have had a barbecue. I had about, <laughs> I had about six pints of... I don't even drink lager, do I? But mm. that's all there. Yeah. No. Um, it, it, the game kicked off, the ball went to Ozil, and he looked so casual that I was alarm bells rang immediately. Yes. And I think they thought we could kind of... It was quite a warm evening, but they just didn't seem up for it. They'd been very, very good in those semi-finals against Valencia, who were quite difficult opponents. Oh well, Valencia are always difficult. But, but once, uh, once Chelsea got the opening goal, there was no way back. There was just oh, no. no way back. Well, it was horrible. Turned up. It was horrible to watch. It from really start was. To we were like Deontay Wilder. We really just got a in... badly, <laughs> badly beaten up. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, Except we didn't even have a punchers, Charles, did we? As it turned out. But aside just, from that, yeah, I see the point you're making. Yeah, it was a, it was surprise. You know, if something that we might, on the face of it, have been quite an even affair, turned out yeah. to be very one sided, and it was very yeah. disappointing. But Baku, nice. I liked it. But if you've got Oof. a couple of days of your life to spare to get there, uh, it's a nice town. Are there direct flights? There aren't direct flights, are there? No. No, it's one of those. No, I, had to go, only... I went via Moscow and yeah, then on the yeah. way up on the way back via Istanbul. It's ridiculous. Oh, no, it's and they ridiculous. can only take so many planes. Is that correct? It's a, it's a limited capacity, so you know. Yeah, they can take fifty-eight top with camels. <laughs> <laughs> a good, couple of old good niche plane. That's a good niche plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they have to go round again. So that's yeah. the, you know, it does take a long time to get a crowd in. But yeah. you know the strange thing of you know I didn't renew, so I, you go through this period of cold turkey, and it was like, oh, what have I done? I'm going to regret this. But luckily, Arsenal had a policy of playing really badly, and you know that dream of going and watching it in a pub or in a place with a big screen. Trust me, it works because I yeah. watched a few matches there. I Don't had... you miss it, Keith? You must miss it. Not really, because I've been to a few games this season, and to be honest, uh, the games that I saw was fine, and I, you know, went to various other parts of the stadium, and that's interesting too, because I was in the, I see two games in the upper tier west, opposite you, Alan, more or less in the upper tier opposite where you sit, oh. and I and I went in, and this steward Fancy. come up to 
She said, would you like to use the lift, sir? I went, no, don't be so ridiculous. <laughs> you got halfway oh, up and thought, I wish oh, I had. Oh, <laughs> two floors up and it was like, just leave me, leave me. I, I want to die. Yeah. Well, We're all young just, people. We've all just walked in off the concourse, haven't we, of all these years? Oh, yeah, we dread, have. Dreadful ground. I see Manchester United have been given permission to put some rail seats in at Old Trafford. Oh, yeah. Something I'm right? quite in favour of. Yeah, apparently they're putting 1,500 rail seats in. Uh, I'd quite like to see the whole of the lower tier, the North Bank end rail seats, but I'm told that it's, it's too shallow a rake to do it and that it, it would involve... Mm. It's too difficult. To, I mean, it's, a, it's an absolute bloody disaster, isn't it, really, the whole ground. Don't get me well, started, hang on but... a minute. I mean, it's a nice enough ground. I, every visiting supporter tells me, oh, they love the Emirates. It's yeah, nice. They have a the great time. The seats are comfy. They've <laughs> <laughs> got a lovely corner. They make a hell of yeah. a racket. And we're, and we're kind of... We, we need it at home anyway. We've done this so many times. But mm. what do you think of Arteta then, uh, lads? What do you make of Arteta, Ian, Are you, as, as, a, as a coach... Well, we've seen, what have we seen? Eight games or something? Eight games to judge him on. Yeah. Well, should he, he stay or should he go? He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's better than Unai Emery. I think I can do say, you, do you think? without fear of equivocation, if that's the word. What, he's what, better qualities, than, uh, is, what qualities make him better than Unai? Um, I don't know. I feel like the team has got a purpose. They know what they're doing. They seem a little bit more together, a bit more cohesive. I'm just saying these words. I don't even know what they mean. I'll tell you what <laughs> quality he's got that makes it better than Unai. Hair. Good hair. <laughs> the, English, the English language, I think, is a key yeah. factor. I really Fair felt point. quite strongly that it was a big problem for Unai that he couldn't... When, they, when I heard a sub story, perhaps you heard the same thing, that the players were taking the mickey out of him, out of his accent, out of him saying good evening. And, you know, within his earshot, like he's some sort of supply teacher. Like he's not lost the dressing room. He's lost the classroom. He yeah, can't yeah. get hold of 30 kids and do a physics lesson for 45 minutes. And he's doing long meetings and they're bored and they're probably texting one another. You know, what a, what a shambles. And that's what footballers can be like, right? They can just be like a load of kids you can't get hold of if they don't respect whoever's in charge. And that seems to be what happened. But did he deserve that respect, the way that we were playing? It was boring, wasn't it? It was just boring. It was most cautious, of the time. much too cautious. I yeah. certainly would agree with that. But I, some of the, sometimes you feel like with a modern footballer, they can almost get a manager sacked, you know? And you've seen it happen at a couple of other places, notably at Chelsea, where mm. the year before Conte arrived, they pretty much got the manager sacked and then started trying again. Yeah, and Fabregas and Nazar, two of the best players in the world. Decided to turn it on, and, uh, and they were fantastic, weren't they? So, well, I'm glad they got Uno Emery sacked. I've got to be honest with you. I, I mean, do... we lost Keith. We lost Keith. We didn't want to lose any more, did we? <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing is, Unai, when he first came in, I thought, well, his English wasn't too shabby, and he's obviously going to learn. But he didn't. That was his big mistake. And he didn't get an interpreter. Another big mistake. Where, when you look at that Bobby Robson, to piggyback on last week's thing, the Bobby Robson video which is brilliant. Oh, the documentary on Netflix. Yeah. Have you seen the it? Do- yeah, the documentary. Superb. No, I haven't. I'm told it's great. Oh, oh you must watch just it. Just see it. But oh. the first, every club he went to abroad, he learnt a few phrases, but most important, he got a translator in and that's why he was successful. Yeah. You know, at Barcelona. Well, it wasn't the only reason Paul. he was successful. Well, no, he was a fantastic manager. He had a, yeah. But, I'm not actually sure that Unai Emery is that good a manager. 
To be honest, I, with I you. think he had something, but you know he didn't do himself any favours. Now I think Arteta is going to has got the potential if he's backed by the board to be a fantastic manager. I really do. He's got that look. He's got that stare, which you go, oh God, I'm not. Don't mess with the manager. <laughs> you know, he's and look, Manchester City took him on board. And they're no mugs. They don't pick any old idiot, do they? You no. know. <laughs> so I, th- I'm I'm really confident that if we if give him the backing, and we mainly keeping the play young players, I don't want to see Martinelli go to Barcelona for, you know, ten million pound. I don't want to see. Are you worried about Bukayo Saka? This situation I've read about that. It- Borussia Dortmund are going to cash in on Jaden Sancho and they'd like Saka to take his place and they're going to make oh. him a big offer and a place in the first team. Well, surely we can, surely we can get a kid like that to sign a contract and, and stay. Why isn't that happening? I, tell you, I absolutely love Saka. He's the reason I go to the games at the moment. Well, he's brilliant. He's absolutely his delivery brilliant. from the left is absolutely sensational. You know, we've been watching old Kalasinac bombing down that wing <laughs> and nearly <laughs> knocking out the first defender with some missile of a cross every single time. Like he looks at the defender, he doesn't look at the man he wants to hit. He sees the defender, therefore he hits the defender. Yeah. Some of Saka's delivery, Saka's delivery for for Lacazette's goal away at Liège was absolutely extraordinary. And then he scores an equaliser coming in off off the left, playing a one-two with Martinelli. who's so so smart. I mean, I, I'm repeating myself from last week, but I love those two kids. But so, the thing yeah. is, he can up. score. I go, yeah, we've got Smith throw. We've got a old clutch of youngsters. Kieran Tierney coming through. Kieran Tierney, yeah, yeah. Love watching him. But I think it'd be great down the uh, down the left. Yeah, I hope we can hang on to these players, but we got no money. But nor has anyone else. So yeah, the transfer market is all up for grabs now, really. Just, hmm. What money is there going to be? Now they're talking about playing football behind closed doors just so they can televise it, just so they can get the broadcast money, just so they can pay people. But I mean, Do we like this idea? It's an absolute way. nonsense. The season's over and done with. It's, it's over and done runner. with. We're sitting here today, right? We're, we're recording Listener on May the 2nd at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's 3.25 now. And we should be 25 minutes in. If it had kicked off at this time, it probably would have moved for television. But just for argument's yep. sake, we, we'd, be, we'd be in halfway through the first half playing <laughs> Liverpool at the Emirates. And what I was so looking forward to it. They were going to come down as champions. It's our chance to test ourselves against them. They're a fantastic football side. So that wonderful forward line. And that, that day's gone, as have many others. Uh, in some ways, it's hilarious because they've been denied their... Uh, Cham- champagne tour of the country in every way in every way it's hilarious and they will get a giant asterisk <laughs> delivered well, to the stadium guy? but I would have I mean just well, it's a beautiful sunny day wouldn't it have been great to go down there and oh. see Arteta up against Klopp and see if we could handle it or not who was the guy who used to do the Jimmy Little uh, voiceovers the commentators Jimmy Little is it Jimmy Little the, the mad I... Liverpool fan Oh, you loved him. Oh, you I loved him. him. No one was... else listened to it, mate. It was just oh, you. Oh, yes, you. Oh, come on. <laughs> I had to listen, listen to it because you kept sending yeah, me. Yeah, listen yeah, to this. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> it, is hilarious. <laughs> it was brilliant. Those. Uh, that... I wonder what they were. Yeah. I didn't even open the document. Oh, come on. They're telling porkies. You know, you know never, right, o- never open a document from yeah. Keith. His email's been hacked for about 15 years. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. It certainly will have originated in Russia. But it's more likely that coronavirus came through your email account. Well, I, what can I say? <laughs> no, but it'll, it'll You're be probably great. on the, the weekly newsletter from the Wuhan fish market. 
It'll be great winding up Scousers, though, won't it? You know, when they go, oh, yeah, you won the league, mate. Now, please, well, for you deserved it. Well, but not really. Well, today I've seen a little headline saying that the mayor of Liverpool uh, said that he actually does. He wants the season to be finished with and. The thing is, regardless of all this, the idea that you play at neutral grounds, I read a thing saying they'll try and play play games at the Amex because it's nowhere near a population centre. Similarly, the Etihad is quite outside the city. So they're trying to keep away from people trying to play on neutral grounds. Empty. It's a nonsense. It's nothing the to do with the Premier wear, League. Do the players have to wear masks? That was one I, of the things. Perhaps they will yes, have to wear masks. I think so. They, they're can't, saying... I can't walk in them, let alone run. I've tried. I bought one of these things. I was walking. You don't cover your eyes with it. (laughs) Your glasses do get steamed up, though. It's true. Comes over your nose and mouth, not over your whole head. Oh, I knew I was doing something wrong. No, no, you're not like that bloke in Watchmen with a full silver head. (laughs) See Watchmen. I go out as little as possible, frankly. This is not taking a chance, but you can't really see. You can't really see crowds in stadiums in. August, no, no September no, no. next year. I think next year. I reckon, and they're talking about playing them at St George's Park, aren't they? Because they don't want fans turning up outside the ground and supporting the team. Yeah, really. I, let's be fair. I, I mean, our team can't even hear our fans inside the ground, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't imagine them hearing them outside. Boom. Block S. Ouch. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Pump in some crowd noise, pump in what, some moaning what? and groaning. <laughs> Every time Granite Jacker touches it, pump in the general Ooh, uh, yeah. grumbling. Oh no, look at you, you clown. Pass it forward, Jacker! Just, <laughs> just Sit have... down, it's only a corner. <laughs> just... <laughs> That's what they want to pump in, yeah, us yeah. moaning. Just every time Ozil gets it, someone said, Touch! <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what is it with Ozil? I've actually turned. You get the first man to game for that action. <laughs> they all have their own individual shout. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when you pull the cord on the back of Woody in Toy Story Four, and he goes, "There's a snake in my boot." If you pull, <laughs> they have their own individual shout. Get your head up, Gwendozy. Gwendozy, I like. A, a Socrates, I quite like. A Mustafi, I've been enjoying his passing. But I, the th- what have these three players got in common? Gwendozy, Socrates, and who else? Mustafi. All booked for they... diving last season. Oh, really? were they? Yeah. That's shocking. Oh, That's this shocking. Is Centre halves booked for diving. I mean, really, it's so embarrassing. Wow. wow, I didn't know that. It really sort of sums up what's gone wrong. Really, I think. I do firmly believe Arsenal knew about this coronavirus year, well a long time before because our defence was Why? social distancing way before anybody else. If you look at our defence, they were two, possibly even three, four metres apart at any yeah. given time. Ahead I mean, of the game. They were, we <laughs> were well ahead of the game, of the game with social distancing. Our defence was at the forefront. Yeah. <laughs> David Luiz hasn't been within two metres of any player for the whole season. Unless he's going to knock them down in the penalty area, so let's give a penalty when, away. When you think about it, the way they line up for a goal kick with the centre backs two metres away from Leno, it does look like a social distancing thing from the get go. Yep. Until they, they get it out about 30 yards out from goal and then lose it. I went to the City game at home. I was in the uh, the North Bank end, in the corner where Silent Chris sits. I got some the tickets. City game at home. Yeah. The, the first game of the 
Uh, we no, lost three we lost, nil. Lost three nil. And oh I, yeah. I must admit, I was really shocked at how poor we had gone. December down to. the fifteenth. Yeah. What it I remember like, about that game, we were poor and they were much better than us. What's tapping? Sorry, that was my pen. Sorry. Oh, pack it <laughs> in. Oh, <I'll> st- <laughs> um, was what I remember about that was stop it, Keith. It in. <laughs> <laughs> you might have got from this listener that we are not in the same room. No, we are, as as room. everybody is at the moment, we're yeah. all in separate rooms. City had four players booked in that game for what do you call it? Tactical fouls, game really? management, nasty couple of quite nasty ones. Arsenal players getting treated for a couple of minutes. I thought something about them that leaves a bad taste. I love one or two of their players. I love Bernardo De Silva. De Extraordinary. Oh, De Bruyne, some of the oh, passing. A great goal in that game, by the way. Great yes. goal in that game. He hit was it a great and game. you went, well, that's ridiculous. Oh, but that reminds me, actually, I'll just, on a kind of diversion, someone put a tweet up um, saying forgotten goals. I don't know if you saw this. Forgotten Arsenal goals. And it was the two goals that we scored away in Prague. A game that I actually went to. It was absolutely freezing cold. When Thierry Henry scored two and broke the scoring record of, oh, right, of yes. Ian Wright. And the, both of those goals... Oh. Look look them up, listener. Look them up. If you're just a football fan, never mind Arsenal, never mind if you're Czech. Just look up because... Thierry Henry, the first one, it's a long ball forward. He controls it with the outside of his right foot. Then he walks around it and smacks it in again with the outside of his boot, like yeah. he was doing it for a bet. And the second one, the pass from Perez, a curving ball over 40 yards right into his path. And, of course, he finishes. That's what made me think of it. So reminiscent of De Bruyne. That, that ability to hit those long passes, kind of almost ground level. That he he bends through gaps. He's seen someone. There's nice. two or three bodies between him, about forty yards. Most long balls throughout my football watching life have been hit through the air. But De Bruyne smacks this thing along the ground with swerve yeah. and pace. Absolutely sensational footballer. But around him, it's just mm. absolute load of thugs. I've been really Fernandinho. He's filthy, and so's Rodri. And that's. I don't know. That put me off them. That put me off them. Did it? But they are talented. I mean, listen. Oh my god, they're talented. Yeah, Raheem Sterling's amazing. Aguero. Oh my god. Well, I watched that though. We looked like a non-league team getting spanked in the FA Cup by a Man United or whatever. And we uh, we so out. And you watch uh, Manchester City play out from the back. It's quick, snappy, fast. Whereas us, it, us, it's lethargic and it's like, oh my, it's like watching delivery men, you know. <laughs> Everything's an effort. And it's just like, who watches, who do watches watch delivery, delivery men? I do, I've got very little else to do. I look out the window, I watch delivery men all day long. Look at oh, that God, long, Linda. Look at him. Take me back. Delivery. I want you to take me back. What part of it was like watching delivery <laughs> Well, it's us trying to play the ball out from the back, you know, it's just so slow. So we're like, just getting out of the cab. Yeah. yeah, getting out of the cab, getting the gloves on, back. pulling back the door down, <laughs> rummaging through the back for the box. You know, Double parked. Like that. yeah. Naturally, or just blocking the road. Driving dangerously fast because they've got far too many drops. <laughs> now, what happened in the season? When did old uh, Unai lose his job? Was it after Eintracht Frankfurt? Yes. And well, then It should have been after Chelsea, shouldn't it? Let's be fair. It should have been that evening. It should have been. They should have left him in Baku after that result. Mm. But we kept him on for about, I don't know, whatever it was, three months. 
But it was after I tracked Frankfurt in the uh, in the Europa, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yes, we lost. And then Freddie Jungberg came in, the forgotten Arsenal manager. Mm-hmm. He came in and had a few matches in charge. Norwich lost at home to Brighton. That was a bad day. That was bad. we got seriously mm. outplayed. Two one yeah. by that Brighton midfield. There was a lad in the middle was saying this kid should be playing for England. I can't even remember his name now. Stevens is one. Stevens, and I can't remember the it? other. Yeah, is that but lad they, Popper, the Dutch lad who plays for the Dutch national side? Is obviously a good footballer. And Moy, who played for Huddersfield. Yeah, and they had the freedom of the park, yeah, and they, they absolutely they, they beat us two one, but they beat us playing football. And I remember thinking then that Graham Potter was doing terrifically well but since then they've fallen away dramatically and they're, they're probably hoping that the season won't continue and they'll be allowed to continue in the Premier League but that was a bad day we couldn't re- we thought maybe Freddie would get it going we had a good win away at West Ham oh we, hang on a minute 60 minutes of the biggest rubbish I've ever seen in my life the first Ten half was shocking football. that's true oh, the awful, goals were good man. though weren't they yeah, there were three good goals, but West Ham were really poor. But Ian, and we, we were like that all season. Better. That's yeah. what we were like all season. We we just won three games in a row under Arteta. Prior to that, six wins in the entire Premier League season. Just dreadful. So right. many draws. Couldn't keep a lead. Boring. Didn't want to attack. No, I didn't seem to have an idea of how to create an opportunity. Mm. So much time spent in our own half passing backwards. Captain losing his marbles and everyone losing it with him. It, it was a catastrophe. And he had to go, the manager. Clearly he had to go. And then we brought in Mikhail, or as Damien calls him, Mikhail, as in Mikhail. Gorbachev. <laughs> do you know, why? Why does he oh, do no. that? That's not his name. <laughs> but you know, I just it, go on, go oh, on, keep going. Go on. I was going to say, even that, Arsenal dragged their feet. Now... We add, you know, we went in for Mikel Arteta, fine. But then we was quibbling. It's like, well, uh, City wanted a million pound and we was having an R in. It's like, oh, he was looking down the back of our sofa. Come, can we find a million? It was like, he's a good man. Just find a million pound, pay, pay off City. We had made probably an illegal approach anyway. <laughs> oh, we know what City have done in the past, but sod this, we want a manager. But no, even then, we can't after Amanal. Oh, you want a million? Can yeah. we bring it down a little bit? We've got some Keith. shield stamps here. Ugh. Keith, do you know what it reminded me of? What? Delivery men. Delivery men, exactly. <laughs> it was so slow. Come on, Stan. Was, get that stuff out of the van. It was slow, wasn't it? It was so slow. How painful... We're just going for the manager. We've just bought, he wants to come to us. We want him, and they say yeah. come, a million pound, and then we go, oh, a million pound. It's a oh, bit much, isn't I it? Just, I can just see now Socrates and Louise high up in some three-ton van, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> driving around delivering people stuff they bought online that they just don't need because they're in yeah. lockdown. Yeah, and Ozil saying, "I'll carry the flower pot, shall I? Because I don't want to hurt me back." <laughs> Oh, Damien, now, Damien was on uh, last week and he said that he went in 2004 uh, when Arsenal won the league at White Hart Lane, famously. Uh, he wasn't there. He was at the last night of the Twilo nightclub in New York. And uh, I received, as you can imagine, a fair bit of mockery from Damien and Tyre for not knowing what Twilo was. Uh, anyway, <laughs> turns out Twilo shut in 2001 and he wasn't there at all. Ah. Uh, but, of course, he was so addled, he didn't know where he was. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, I didn't know what the Twilo was either. No, it was a massive, very famous uh, nightclub in New York in the late nineties. Um, so it's just, just we haven't had any emails saying he got that wrong about Twilo. But I do like to make a correction uh, if Damien's got. 
<laughs> got something <laughs> wrong. Uh, now, I've had some emails, lads. Some people have emailed in. Not very many people. Um, but Harry Donnie, I don't know if I said that right. It's got a couple of questions for you, Keith. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, it says... Um, Get out of my garden. El Presidente, uh, what is the current status of the shrine? Uh, it's question one. And uh, is the Vest of Destiny getting a decent run out in these troubled, <laughs> troubled the, times? The Vest of Destiny <laughs> has been retired... But the shrine is looking good. Well, it's just got a little bit too small and a bit ratty. But I will get another one because I'm planning to beef up a little bit, you know, work out. But I'm yeah. naturally, naturally, I am an Adonis body anyway. So, you know. Well, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the shrine is looking good. What's, what, have you had made any additions to the shrine? I well, should say, I'll, listen, if you don't know I'll what he's see. on about, he's got a room in his house because Linda won't let him have Arsenal stuff anywhere else. Um, well, all the cup wins, <laughs> all the, yeah. all the, the, the previous uh, FA Cup wins, they got, uh, you know, framed and put on the wall. I am running out of wall. <laughs> now, that's a little reference to Tottenham fans. You could put them in a cupboard. They wouldn't put any pictures up, could they? <laughs> No. <laughs> Why don't you put the the the, uh, the shirt of destiny, the vest of destiny, in the shrine? I don't yeah. know where the vest of destiny. Well, I'll have to find it out. I'll have to go and uh, go through the old wardrobe, see where that is at the moment. Any other questions? No, that's it. That's it. That's <laughs> the one email, is it? Blimey! <laughs> oh, All right, got to get going again. Well, that taxed us, didn't it? I'm having a, I'm having a bit of trouble with it because my printer's broken. Oh. And I can't, uh, I can't open the too many tabs at once, uh, with, without losing sight of, uh, of the broadcast. Most of the emails in there. When I opened up the email account, which we hadn't, I hadn't opened up for years, there were seven hundred and forty-four <laughs> emails in there, and quite a lot. Of, yeah, there was a time when we were asking people to make up songs, and people did. We did have "I Am Vitomanoni," which was one of my favourites. Mm. As well as Alex Dimitri, song belong. You plays a holding role and all that, but loads of them. And this is really takes you back. Were about Lucas Podolski and Santi Gazzola. and oh. I just think there's something about those names that rhymes with lots of things. Yeah, yeah. But we're still Santa interested Cazola. if you've got any good songs. I can't get Gwen Doozy, Gwen Doozy, mm-hmm. Gwen Doozy, Gwen. Can't get it going. He's got long hair. Gwen Doozy, Gwen Doozy, Gwen Doozy, Gwen. He's everywhere, Gwen Doozy. Honestly, if we have to play behind closed doors, you only need two lads doing that for that, like a kind of a, a bed oh. under the football for the whole 90 minutes. Gwen Doozy, Gwen Doozy. Well, you've got to say that our so-called He's singing everywhere, end... Gwen. Our so-called singing end of the ground is, frankly, that must be the dumbest, dimmest people you ever met. I hate to Ooh, say this about harsh Arsenal, words. Harsh yeah. words. How many? Why? How many? What do you mean? You, how many European nights you've seen the away fans and they've come up with fantastic songs or they jump around or they do all these wild things and you think our lot, the other end, would look at that and go, "That's impressive. We could copy that. Why don't we do that?" But oh yeah, but no, you know what? Just sing no. the same old songs, which you ain't know what, many. Keith? I actually find the away fans in European nights a bit annoying. Like the German fans didn't stop singing. Oh, it didn't no. seem to bear, yeah, but it didn't seem to bear any relation to what was going on on the pitch. Well, Whereas I tend to think, I tend to think, you know what? Oh. Get, get excited if we're doing well, 
but keep quiet if we're not doing so well. It's the German way. They love to Is jump it? up and down and, you know, sing. <laughs> you know, it's their, it's their way then now. They've changed over the years. A good sing-song down at a football ground. That's the Germans and the French and the Italians. Actually, most of Europe, except us. <laughs> well, you know, how many what songs do we sing? Uh... Was it? We're the best team in the world. Blah blah blah. We sing about three songs. That's about, and that's it. And then we're shagged harsh out. Harsh words. It's true. Harsh though. words for. Uh, it is a little bit. Yeah. Harsh it's words true. for the uh, for harsh. the support there from a retired <laughs> fan. Yeah, from someone who doesn't go. <laughs> Semi-retired. I've been to five games. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. we, we're, we're, I, I'm still a red. Good, I'm a some red quite member. Good songs. There's some good work going on around Lacazette and Enketia. Uh, people are trying Harbin Martinelli. There's, uh, you know, people are trying to come up with stuff. There's I would an Obama say the away Yang fans. Song. Yeah, the away the fans. fans. Yeah, they're yeah. good. They're good. You like them? Well, you think they're not, there's no kind of crossover in that Venn diagram between the away fans? I, and I the actually home don't. Fans. No, I think they're they're two separate breeds <laughs> apart. I think there's a majority of away fans who actually probably can't afford to go to their home matches, and I think there's a different uh, criteria. In fact, this is something I should look into. We were talking last week about the, the fact that Arsenal used to have Sega on their shirt oh, yeah. and uh, Daniel Diggins has emailed us to confirm that he lives and works in Italy and indeed Sega is a slang term for masturbation. So it's good to clear that up. <laughs> yeah. Is that uh, right? Yeah. Fatty una Sega means going over wank, basically. <laughs> so that's good to know that we had uh, wanker on the front of our shirts. Who was playing at that time? Carnu. That's all I can remember is Carnu. I associate. I think. I think he had Sega on his top when he scored that backheeled volley at Middlesbrough. And what a wonderful moment that was! Yeah. Although my favourite one of his was when he didn't actually score the goal, but dummed it in and left about. Was it Deportivo? Wasn't it? Yes. And he and he, the ball was just rolled towards the goal. And he just sold about four dummies. He didn't. And it rolled he, in. He sat the keeper down without touching the ball. Beautiful. I think he just stamped on the floor and the keeper sat down and the ball rolled past him and Carnu walked round him. And we all started laughing. Yeah. Good player. Fantastic. He was a reserve. That's how good we were back then. He wasn't even in the first team. He had a hole in his heart. It's it's hard to watch the old DVDs of the, you know, the 98 team, all the Invincibles, without sort of going, oh, no. You know, you, you watch all those old matches... And then you realise how crap we've become. But when did it start to go wrong? Uh, what I was going to say to you is, because uh, there's no actual football going on, and when we can invent football, we can pretend there's football going on, if we like. Like well, I've just heard that we're 3-0 up against Liverpool at the Emirates. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Ainsley Maitland-Niles has got a hat-trick. <laughs> so you can make it Ow. up. This guy, I like him, you see. I'd have him in the side, but there you are. I'm, I'm yeah. in the minority, perhaps, on that. But we look back at the season, maybe where you might think it's it was for me was the real evidence of things were going awry. We had a fantastic season in two thousand and eight nine, in some regards, in that we got to the European Cup semi final, we finished fourth in the league, and we got to the FA Cup semi final, and yet we felt as though we were rubbish. It was this odd mixture in the crowd, and I got the match day program in my hands. I like to do captain's log. Can you remember who the captain was in the two thousand and eight nine season? Uh, was it Fabregas? William William Gallas? He got stripped of the captaincy, I think. Uh, Did he? Gallas died and Cesc Fabregas uh, was the captain at the end of the season. 
And in his programme notes for the last game of the season, I heard that some people were questioning the boss at a recent shareholders meeting. Remember those? Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I think this criticism of the boss is unfair. He has been criticised for some things that aren't even his fault. He is such a nice person. And he is so committed to the club, he will always stand up and take the blame himself rather than putting it on other people. It's probably why he gets criticised unreservedly. You will always have critics. Everyone does. Maradona did. Pele did. You can never please everybody. It's important for this club to start winning trophies again. That's 2009. That went on for another five years before we won the FA Cup, and it carried on yeah. for a few more years after that. So people were starting to get the ump. And I think the reason they were starting to get the ump was because we were, we were conceded so many goals. In that season, we had two four-all draws where we were in front wow. and lost them. Spurs and Spurs Liverpool. And Liverpool. Oh, yes. yeah. Two, yes. four, we were 4-2 up against Spurs with a couple of minutes left. The signing of William Gallas was in many ways the beginning of the end. The signing of Mikhail Silvestre didn't help. Carrying on with Johan Duru, who was so thick, it was ridiculous. <laughs> the misplaced faith in, in Gail Clichy. The decline of Colo Toure. And the complete inability to find anyone to, to be better than these guys. And in this programme note, he says towards the end of it, Sesk, he starts to talk about Manchester United because the season, be- the week before we played Man United at Old Trafford and they'd drawn 0-0 against us and that point gave them the league title. And he says the reason that their best team is they've got the best defence. When I see their defence, I think that is the best defence in the league. They are quick, strong, tall, good in the air and aggressive. To be honest for me, they have the perfect defence. It was no one listening to the captain of the club when he was putting that in the programme. The defence they had up there, by the way, was Gary Neville and Patrice Evra with Vidic and Ferdinand in the centre. Good defence. But what people don't realise, when you look at Man United that season, when they got to the European Cup final, they won the league, they got to the FA Cup semi-final, where, well, I've totally forgotten this, they lost on penalties to Everton after a goalless draw. They played a lot of matches, a lot of matches. Only Vidic, though, played over 50 in a season. He used so many players that you've kind of forgotten about. Mm. John O'Shea played a lot of games. Darren Fletcher played loads of games, over 30 matches. There were plenty of them. Johnny Evans played a lot of games. The forward line was shared about. They had Carlos Tevez for some of it. Rooney only started about 25 in the league. He was able... Because he had strength and depth, people he could trust and rely on to go and do a job. And the backbone of it was absolutely extraordinary. What he did up there was amazing. But if you'd have said to me that Darren Fletcher played more games, Gary Neville only started 13, and they got the league title like that. Of course, they had Cristiano Ronaldo, that helped. But we had so, we just had this feeling of decline that came in. And I remember I, was, I had a ticket for the Chelsea semi final, and I didn't even go because I thought we were going to lose. At Wembley, I went to that. I went to that with Sean. Did you go? Yeah, yeah. And this is when you used to go, Keith. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's lucky we're zooming, isn't it? I tell you, <laughs> there's um. I tell you, there's a little. Have you got your freedom pass? <laughs> I have actually. Yes, I have. And you can't go anywhere. I can. can you? Can you cover your mouth and nose with your freedom pass and just get on the bus like that? <laughs> I'd let you in on the side. But listen, here's an interesting fact from that season, though. On the 9th of June, Gary Lewin left the club to join England. Now, for me, there's a little bit of the rot setting in because that's when we started getting all our backroom medical staff suddenly appeared to be either witches or shaman because from then on, as soon as he left, that's when we started to get injuries 
throughout the season. You know, well, maybe that. that's right. I but there's a problem in the dressing room, that. right? Because yeah. Galas was a captain. Galas couldn't get on with or play with Colo Toure. Galas thought he was a world beater. Then he gets stripped of the captaincy. Mm. There's a problem right in the heart of it. And when Fabregas is going, it's the defence, it's the defence. Please help us. There's no one Should behind who's any good. Do you remember a bad Mikel Silva? Do you remember a bad Mikel Silva? Oh, he was terrible. Well, it was Galas and Colo Toure played a lot of games. And, and then Clichy and... We had, we had Bakary Sanya. And Gal Clichy. And Clichy or Gibbs would play fullback. Al Mounia, yeah. yeah. And the, also, yeah. the other thing that happened, you mentioned Gary Lewin leaving, the other thing that happened in the summer of 2008 was Gilberto Silva was sold to Panathinaikos for That's a million correct. quid. Yeah. Well, uh, and he was a he, player who wanted to stay. He wasn't stayed. playing... I mean, the year before, it was actually Flamini who played with Fabregas quite a bit, and they had a good partnership. Yeah, they Flamini did. went off to Milan on a free or something. He ran his and contract always, down after 2008. I, thought, I thought that was a shame. I thought that was a big shame, losing him. But yeah, having Galas as captain was a mistake. Definitely a mistake. And, by the way, the one you didn't mention, playing Arshavin out of position all the time. And you get, and we spent 15 million quid on him. We didn't play him in his correct position. And they didn't it's play him in the true. cup semi-final either. And that drove a lot of fans mad because it was crying out for He him. was a brilliant number 10, right? And, we, and he would be played on the wing or not at all. And there was one game I went to towards the end of the season where they're trying to juggle resources, play cup ties and European cup ties. And we played West Brom away. And I went up to the Hawthorns. And Nicholas Bentner played number nine. And I shall him played just behind him. And they were superb. They won the game 3-1. And they between them, they bossed it. But Benton never... I know he was crazy, but he never really got a go as a centre-forward. He was always no. Adibai or ahead of him. Yeah. And he was often playing on the flank. You know, we've seen it so often. It's the beginning of people really being consistently played out of position. It slightly drove me mad. And now Shavin really suffered. He was a talented footballer, although he was a bit small, wasn't he? I remember... The thing that I remember, actually, about that season was the Man United semi-final getting stuffed... Ugh. At the Emirates. I mean, we got stuffed at Old Trafford and we somehow got away with a 1-0. But the best moment for me of the entire season was when Darren Fletcher got sent off. And he ran down the tunnel. And you and a couple of others leaning over, you're not going to Rome, you're not going to Rome. Gary Neville gave us a look that would have, would have killed someone at 50 yards. It just cracked me up. Yeah. Well, do you remember, I do remember Tottenham fans having a lot of fun. I remember seeing something on, I think it was on social media, saying, for sale, 60,000 Arsenal flags only used for seven minutes because they put, <laughs> because they put flags under all the seats. They do did. you remember that? Did. Yep, We'd lost one nil up there. And we, we all think we can. We, we needed a goal, obviously, up there. We didn't get one. We didn't turn up. We didn't perform. It was very frustrating. Almunia played brilliantly that game. He did. Almunia was out. a very good shot stopper. He was a good was. shot stopper. Such an was, insult, though, isn't it? Stopped. For a goalkeeper. Yeah, he He's a good shot else. stopper. He couldn't no. do it. He didn't know when to come or no. go. He was always no. in the wrong place. <laughs> Where are you going? He was <laughs> in the wrong place. <laughs> but if he was. He, he played one game at, uh, at the new Camp. Oh, God, he was saving everything. And we've, we've still got knocked out. But. Yeah. <laughs> but so they put the flags out. And then I thought, was it Kieran Gibbs who slipped? Someone slipped and we let one in after seven minutes. It was a very then, uh, free kick, wasn't it? No, that was later on. That, was later, later on. on. Was it? Later on. on. I thought that was... A, oh, OK. And Ronaldo William dived hit, under it. He hit a Ronaldo. free kick, Ronaldo, from a yards. position. Yeah. Oh, more than that. No, it was more, it, it was, yeah. It, it, sometimes it, I sit in our seat and I look at that bit of the pitch where Ronaldo was when he took that freak in. He was in tooting. No, was, that's <laughs> impossible. He was yeah. actually on Avenal Road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was. It was looking at it. He's not going to shoot, is he? 
Yeah. And he and he stuck it in the sort of the near post. I don't know if I, it was swerving. Obviously, that was when the ball started to swerve. If you hit him, and he that, and then then they had a breakaway goal where he started off level with Johan Juru and uh, Johan Juru. I think it's just getting to our penalty area now. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to do a little bit of a on that day for you because uh, we like to cause since there's no football. We're recording this on May the second. On May the 2nd, 2009, we played what's become perhaps the most forgotten of all Arsenal fixtures. We played Portsmouth away. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. And the reason it's forgotten is because it came between those two semi-finals. And uh, we had the first leg just before and the second leg just after. And at the weekend, we had to go to Portsmouth away. And Man- Manchester United had to go to Middlesbrough away. And you can't really believe that the Premier League insisting you play these fixtures right you've got these yep. two semi-finals a week apart no no you've got an away game at the weekend and so I've got a little quiz question for you okay which three Arsenal players ex-Arsenal players played for Portsmouth that day oh it's that a good one. day yeah Just play along at home play along at home listen. right okay stab played in the for- dark only because I know he played for Portsmouth Carlo. Carnu is one, correct. Good one, Keith. Good one, Keith. One nil. Uh, Who are the other two? You're on the back foot. Can you Sol make a comeback? Sol Campbell for oh, an equaliser. Yes, no. Boom. Sol Boom. Campbell. It's one one. One one. Everything's There's one more Arsenal player. <laughs> we could sit here all night until until <laughs> the end of lockdown, and you won't get this. <laughs> is it Paolo Vanazza? I'm going to give you a clue. He once scored a hat-trick for Arsenal. Not Jimmy Carter. Um, no, he didn't score a hat-trick no. for Arsenal, did he? Jimmy, what? Jimmy Carter. Um, uh, he once scored a hat-trick for Arsenal. Carlos Vela. For Arsenal. No, he was playing for us that day. He scored. No, he was playing for us and scored. Yeah, okay. he did. Right. He uh, did. Uh, yeah. He once scored a hat-trick. What's his nationality? English. Oh, flipping hell. English kid. It's- do you want another clue? It's not Francis Jeffers, is it? Not Franny, not Franny J. No. I don't think he got three goals in his entire career for Arsenal. <laughs> he got so many chips of his ankle bone coming off, didn't he? The poor yeah. sod. Um, I'll tell you who came on a sub for us while you're trying to remember who this player is. Amari Bischoff. Oof. Uh, Randall, do you remember Mark Randall? Ooh. No. Skinny little no. ball-playing midfielder. <laughs> no. They ended up down the divisions. And Fran Merida, uh, the one who was not Cesc Fabregas. Who's now in Spain. He's playing back in Spain, I believe. I'm for sure Osasuna. he is. On I the sub bench, we had, I am Vitoma Noni and Frimpong, Emmanuel Frimpong. Number, yeah. th- number 35 that day. Can you remember who used to wear the 35? Francis Coquelin. Ah. And J. Emmanuel Thomas. So this, uh, this ex-Arsenal player playing for Port, he was a winger. We signed him as a teenager. He scored a hat-trick in one of the few games that Arsenal... Perhaps the only game that I can ever remember in my lifetime when two players have scored a hat-trick in the same match. Not Jermaine Pennant. Jermaine Pennant! Yes! 2-1 to Keith Dover. 2-1. Jermaine Pennant. He was subbed at half-time. And do you remember who the manager was for Portsmouth? Harry. Harry Redknapp. Yes, who really got off lightly for pretty much bankrupting that club. (laughs) (laughs) He could be home in 15 minutes, though. That's the way he managed him. (laughs) Yeah, that's very much, very much the thinking for him. 
That's yeah. who we played on May the 2nd, 2009. May the 2nd, 2009. Nicholas Bentner scored two. The first one uh, was a header from a, an assist, I think, by Arshavin. Uh, oh, David James David fumbled. James? Yes. yes. Arshavin. Back post, good save as it crept over the line. It has Nicholas Bentner. David James should have saved it. He got both hands to it. And Nicholas Bentner has put Arsenal in front in the 14th minute of the game. And then we got a penalty kick, which which Bentner took. Confidently, no doubt. It stuck that away. I think James got a hand to that. And then later on, Carlos Vela, who was, who was, had a... Oh, lovely guy. such a... T- and the, the only guy... We had 31 home games that season. And um, I went to... I think I went to all of them, except one, which was... Sheffield United in the League Cup, and we won 6-0, so I was slightly disappointed to miss it. Carlos Vela always used to get the third in a 3-0 he was, win. He was he? a good one. That was sort of his he thing. He did get meaningless goals, didn't he? Goals. His <laughs> 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 goals, goals, points for goals ratio. No, no, none. No, no, no points won by your goals. There's always the cherry on the cake, Carlos Vela. Cheeky yeah. smile. Chip it over the goalkeeper. Cheeky little yeah. grin. Uh, do you remember the other highlight of that season was a penalty shootout against Roma? Oh, that was, the was about 7-6, seven, six, seven, it? Six. It, it went on. I received that recently. I don't know why I watched it. It went but, on uh, yeah. and on and on. We watched and it. On. Were you in the tram shed with me, Keith, watching that? I don't think I was. I was with Chris so. and Ollie Blackley and Tyo, I think. I kept getting pestered by a bloke who then shoved me over a table. And then a, 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 no, a, a scuffle that. broke out. And uh, Oh, dear. Anyway, cut a long story short. <laughs> Chris said, "I think get out, get out, go, get away." These blokes are obviously dickheads. And uh, the next thing I remember, I was being picked up off my my, my face on the pavement outside the tram shed because three of them had chased me down, shoved me over, and one of them kicked me in the head and broke my uh, oh, broke God. my cheekbone, snapped it in two. Oh, yes. So Katie had to drive me up to the Whittington. And then, uh, and I was, I'd had quite a lot of wine, I think. We were in there for about four hours. There was a, there was a full match, extra time, the longest penalty shootout you've ever seen, and a celebration afterwards. Uh, and we got all up to the Whittington. I had to park the car because Katie just couldn't park it. <laughs> so that was probably, shouldn't have done that, but there you are. And I went in and had an x ray, and they said, yeah, yeah that snapped. And uh, you'll have to see a maxofalacial specialist. We will be in touch, Ooh. and I called him, and I called him again, and I called him again, and eventually I went to a private doctor, and he said it's too late. That bone's set in the wrong place, so my jaw was uh, permanently about an inch lower on that side. So that was a memorable night. Memorable night. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know any. Did you of not that. know that? No, that no. Well, no. Yeah, I did know it, but I. I got yeah. a violently, uh, violently assaulted, uh, and I've never been in that pub since, which is a bit of a shame because I, I went in weirdly, weirdly, isn't it? Weirdly, <laughs> can't, can't I think why. Really, we can't. went in that pub for about ten years, didn't we? After every, uh, every game, we don't. I was going to ask you now. You know, you was talking uh, the previous podcast about when we won the league at Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe I was with Ollie and Alistair. And after the game, I went down to Highbury and I was celebrating and the Arsenal fans were singing We Won the League at the Shitter. Well, Jeremy Corbyn was mm-hmm. here and he was singing, but he just didn't sing that part of the song because obviously that was his consistency, you know. and uh, Or constituency, <laughs> yeah. whatever. You know. And, uh, but we're, 
What happened after? I can't remember what happened after the game. Did... Jeremy Corbyn got into a row, had a, had a fight. Did, and so, and did, did he kick yeah, him in the head? I think he yeah, kicked I him in the head. Kicked someone in the head. I remember the bloke. The bloke had been pestering me all night, pestering me all night long because he recognised me from television. Vote Labour. Vote <laughs> Labour. He kept saying, yeah. Vote Labour. Get rid of Tony Blair. Gould Brown out. No, it wasn't him. Yeah. It wasn't Corbyn. It was a, no. this guy, a little short bloke with a sort of but a mod haircut. Did I meet you? I came down, so yeah, I, I came down to the pub. Game. Right. Yeah. So I've got a couple more uh, on this days for you. It's a good day, May the 2nd. First of all, it's the birthday of, the, uh, of uh, David Rowcastle. Uh, so we can have a little moment to remember oh, the great... birthday, Rocky. Yeah. The great Rocky Rowcastle. He was born on this day. Um, personal highlights of Rowcastle. My favourite that I always remember is that goal he scored when he tri- dribbled in off the wing and hit it in off the post against Middlesbrough. It's such a fantastic goal. May United away when he muscled about three of them out, did a brilliant bit of skill and then chipped yeah, the keeper. fantastic. In front of the away fans. No, mate, no, Love mate, mate. Semi-final, Little Woods Cup winning Last minute goal. winning goal with his left foot. Deep, deep one. Quinn hoping to get on the end of it. It comes to Allenson. Driven first time. It might go anywhere. Rucastle! That's the one. It's that almost boom. like that. It really Thomas is like Anfield. a top three. Top yeah. three countdown. That's very nice. <laughs> Truly one of the great players. One of the great players. Oh, and yeah. and uh, it brought to mind, of course, recently when we talked a lot about 89, brought to mind frequently by um, Ian Wright talking about him and getting very emotional about his what a wonderful guy he was. So he was born on the 2nd of May, Rocky Rowcastle. Also born on the 2nd of May, David O'Leary. Or as the blokes used to stand next to me in the North Bank used to go, David O'Leary... Every time he touched the ball. Every time he touched the ball. And the same blokes, every time Rocky touched the ball, would go, da 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 Every time. Every time, or at least he went, every time he went on a dribble. David O'Leary, this is, a, this is a something I remember about him, and this is a sign of how football has changed. In the days where the idea of trying to play out the bat from your own penalty area and risk losing possession in your own half, which is the ultimate cardinal sin... It's such anathema to that side that what if we had a throw in down on the right hand side near our penalty area, Pat Rice would throw it and David O'Leary would volley it into the opposition half. <laughs> and this <laughs> get it as far away Frank, as possible. Frank Stapleton yeah. would have to get underneath that. <laughs> but it, it worked. So there's two other games I want to uh, reminisce about with you. We, we have to reminisce, listeners, because there's no football going on at the moment. I don't know if you've noticed. We like to talk about Aubameyang and we like to wonder about who might join and who might go, but we don't even know if there's going to be any matches. So, But on May the 2nd in 19, 1992, we'll do first. I didn't go to this game. I was a regular at the time. And it was the first season, I think, that... You and I sat together, Keith. It was the 91 yes, 92 uh, yeah, season? We true. just got those fantastic yep. seats in the front row of the lower tier in the West End at Highbury, and we sat in those seats all the way through until the ground closed in, in 2006. And Stoney, you came and joined us a couple of years later, I think, didn't you? In, in those seats, I did. They were great, great seats. seats. We saw some great things sitting there. And, and mm. but I wasn't. I was at the Orlando uh, Fringe Festival doing my uh, fledgling comedy act. In the in the in the week first week of May, uh, nineteen ninety two, when Arsenal beat Southampton five one, and Ian Wright scored a hat trick, and in so doing, uh, pipped Gary Lineker to the to the Golden Boot. The Golden Boot miss hit the last one though. Winning off his shin the last one. 
Lee Dixon let him take a penalty for the first one because they wanted him to get the goals, right? And then uh, he, Seaman threw the ball out to him and he ran and got one on his own. I love that throw, by the way. I love the way that Dave Seaman caught that ball and then threw it out. If you see the replay of He's it, it's He's nearly beautiful. going out over the goal line and he grabs it with one hand. And then right, yeah. he gets it in his own half, knocks it into their half and just goes after it. One, one thing on his mind. Now, I could be wrong on this. So, right, he won the golden boot that year. Mm-hmm. Is it correct he wasn't picked for the England It wasn't, it wasn't taken to the European the... Championships, no. You, no. That's right. So, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't pick a player who is the golden boot winner, scored 30 goals in the, Premier, in the league, and you think, I won't take him. No, he didn't his... take him. No. We had, what? we had some quite good forwards. Well, the person he took time, instead was on the other team that afternoon. Can you remember who it was? What, Matt Letizia? Alan Shearer. Was Alan Shearer? Alan Shearer, he took, who played for oh, Southampton yes. in that crushing defeat. And clearly, if you looked at the two of them on that day, there's only one player you would oh, take. Yeah. You know, Wright was in sensational yeah. form that season. Scored so many goals, so many brilliant goals. We had such a bad start that year, that 92 mm. season. We lost six or something or I don't know, whatever it was, in the first got a two-thirds of the season. But in the, we went 17 games unbeaten at the end of the season and were smashing goals in. And uh, really, if it had carried on, we might have, might have won the league. But those last two goals for me and Wright came pretty much in the last minute of the game and that's what gave him the golden boot. And Wright has a hat-trick. He's done it to Southampton again. Two goals in the last minute of his season. And Arsenal are finishing on the highest of notes, 5-1. And really, you do feel that if the season had gone on another couple of weeks, you'd be looking here at the champions. I don't think we even qualified for Europe that season, though, did no. we? We just we didn't, didn't make it. Make it back didn't then, make did it back no, then. No, no. Just... Hang on, boys. I'm, I'm running out of charge. I'm going to get the charger. I'll be back. <laughs> running out of charge. <laughs> well, I, while he is gone, I, I can tell you why my fantasy ends of the season, that we won our last remaining 10 matches. Right. Uh, we beat uh, Tottenham 8-1. Yes. They needed a win. Uh, or a draw to qualify for Europe. Right. Uh, they scored first with Harry Kane, but then Tierney equalised uh, in the second Did half. He? And then this is the word I always like in football: the floodgates, the floodgates opened. opened. I love, I love the floodgates opened. And uh, uh, Saka he scored on sixty-one Did minutes. He? Eddie and Ketia in sixty-four, and then Pepe and Martinelli scored. Guendouzi, and then on for the final goal. Uh, we let Leno take a penalty, which a lot of people in the press criticised, said it was taking the but piss. But by then, I suppose, but... it had been a massive fire drill and the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium was empty. Oh, the ground was empty, mate. The ground was empty. There was only Arsenal supporters left. <laughs> uh, so we beat Tottenham. And the, also, Tottenham still could have sneaked into Europe, but Chelsea beat them on goal difference by the very fact that we'd beat Tottenham 8 1. It was an amazing end to the season. <laughs> What's well, while this? you were away getting we the charge on your computer, Keith's telling me what he, his fantasy end to the season would be if it weren't for oh, the coronavirus okay. right. epidemic. And it, so far, yeah. it involves winning 8 1 away at Tottenham. <laughs> and Leno scoring a goal. Yeah. We let him take a penalty. Right, yeah. right yeah. okay. We beat uh, Leicester City in the FA Cup semi final 1 0. Yes, we so did. So we got through, we got through against Sheffield United, no trouble. 
Yeah, Eddie and uh, Katia again, uh, 89th minute. We didn't deserve the win, but we, we got, got the, the result. Names on the cut. Names on the cut. Exactly. It was. And, and who um, do we get in the final? We've got Manchester City in the Smashed final. Smashed them? Beat them 2 0. Oh, come on! Oh, no! It's a great. <laughs> we love your Arsenal! We do! We love, love the FA Cup. Love the FA Cup. Fire drill! I love an undeserved win in a fantasy. I've got to be honest with you. You, a, you can take your petrochemical treble. Oh, that sounds like a brilliant season. One of the best. We should reminisce about that next week. Yeah. That's superb. Right, I'm going to do. I've got one. More, I've got one last on this day for you. On this day, May the second. This is the day we're recording, listener. That's why we're doing May the second, uh, the day that we should have been playing Liverpool. And perhaps uh, even seeing the premiership, the three-quarter size premiership trophy that they might be given, but we're not. Uh, on this day in 1981, Arsenal played Aston Villa at Highbury. It's one of the most famous matches played at Highbury, really, in, in I don't know if you can call it the modern era when it's 40 years ago. But uh, Aston Villa were going for the title. It was their last game of the season. Ipswich Town were their rivals. Ipswich Town were four points behind them, but they had a game in hand. Ipswich were playing Middlesbrough away, and Villa were playing Arsenal away, and Ipswich had another game to come in the midweek against Southampton, and Arsenal beat Villa 2-0 on that day, uh, with goals, so who got the first, Willie Young got the first goal. Were you at that, Willie did Young, you go to that game? Two. Oh, it's a bl- yes, I was at that game. Likewise. What I remember, yeah. about, that, what I remember about that game was that Pele, Came on the pitch That's right. before the game. I do. Do you remember yeah. this? And the North Bank yeah. was and singing, he, sign him up. Sign him up, sign him up. I remember yeah. the game because yeah. it was the first time I ever stood on the North Bank. I used to stand in the West Lower Terrace as a boy, and I was 15 then. then. That was the first time I ever went up there. There was 57,000 in. I don't know who ever said the capacity of Highbury was 60,000, because there's no way you could get 60,000 people in there and them all be breathing. Unless they all breathe, sort of yeah. staggered it, so half breathe in and half breathe out. You would be absolutely jammed up to about five other people yeah. getting whatever viruses were going in 1981, and there were many. But we get, yeah, Pele came on in a suit, and everyone was singing, yes. sign him up, sign him up. There was this extraordinary atmosphere. Willie Young scored a goal, was it first half we scored, or were the two goals in the second half? I can't remember. Can't remember. They were both remember. at the clock end, yeah. I think, so that would, that would yes, tell you were. that probably it was. Usually that would mean first half, wouldn't it? Who got the other one? Mm. Uh, Brian McDermott. Brian McDermott. Brian McDermott. On a breakaway. Yes. McDermott to chase against Swain. And this is McDermott for Arsenal. He's got two to beat now. There's the first one. And he shoots in! And Villa asking themselves how it happened. And it's 2-0. I mean, what he did... It, if it was Alexis Sanchez, you could believe it. The, the, a much smaller player could kind of muscle a bigger man, get the ball under control, hold off two defenders, and then unexpectedly shoot into the bottom corner. But it was by far the best Soft thing that Brian cold, McDermott ever did in an Arsenal shirt by a million miles. Yeah. But what happened after that was Villa fans were, were terrified because they're two down. But then they kept hearing that Middlesbrough was scoring. Middlesbrough scored two goals and beat Ipswich. If Ipswich had got a draw and then a win in the home game in the midweek, they'd champions on goal difference. Now, the interesting fact is we were, at the end of the season, we were seven points behind Aston Villa. We drew 15 matches 
eight of those matches at home. And that was the year, 1981, when they brought in three points for a win and one for a draw. If we only had to win four <laughs> home matches, we would have won the league that yeah. year. Another season. And, uh, Another season where we Who was the player so that we sold the previous summer who might have got us those wins if we'd... Frank Stapleton. Liam Brady. Liam Brady, of course. Liam Brady, who I saw recently at the 1979 Cup Final reunion lunch. It was a great uh, privilege of mine to be asked to kind of to host it and talk to the players with a microphone, go around them all. And Brady told me that Arsenal tried to sell him to Manchester United. Because... What do you mean, try to sell him? Because he didn't really want to stay. He didn't... Him and Terry Neal didn't get on and he, he, and he didn't think Arsenal had the ambition to challenge for the title he didn't think we were going to spend the money to buy the players familiar story yeah. the homegrown oh, yeah. players weren't on very good money compared to players who were being brought in there were all kinds of grumbles but if they sell him to an English club they get a bigger transfer fee there was a cap on the fees if you sold them to a European side the European sides could only have one foreign player so we only got 600 grand for a player who really was worth a million. Players were going at that time. Andy Gray went for one and a half million pounds. Brady was a better player than he was. So we only got 600,000. We went off to Juve, played two seasons there, won the league twice, and then they got shot of him because they got Michelle Platini. Nowadays, they play Platini and Brady together. Wouldn't that be a sight? No. But yeah, after that Ipswich then went... Oh, just a little word about that Southampton game because it's quite interesting. The winning goal, Southampton won it away at Ipswich. We'd won away at Ipswich as well, slightly derailing their their running. They'd beaten Villa and then they lost six out of eight, including a 2-0 defeat to Arsenal. It's another game that I went to where Kenny Sansom and Peter Nicholas scored. And I, well, Arsenal fans running along that little roof. You know at Portman Road, but there's a little roof in the stand that goes all down one side. There's <laughs> Arsenal was. fans running up and down that. And everyone goes, Arsenal here, Arsenal there, Arsenal everywhere. La, 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 la. And Peter Nicholas smashed one in the top corner and we beat him 2-0. And they were just collapsing. They played 66 games that season. They also got to the FA Cup semi-final. 66 games. And not like United in 2009, spreading the games around. Russell Osman played all 66. Terry Butcher played over 60 games. Arnold Muren played over 60 games. What was the year Ipswich won the That was that year. Was it that? It was was that that year. year. They They played 12 UEFA Cup games. They played seven FA Cup games, lost in the semi. Another five in the League Cup. 42 in the League. And they they just lost it at the end. That ran out of steam. In that season, it's 1979-80, when we lost two cup finals in four days, we played 69 yeah, that we season. We played 69. Because I went to 61 of we them. We played 69 and the Charity Shield. So 70 good maths there, Keith. Well done, yeah. You went to 60, 61 of those games, did you really? 61. You lightweight. Yeah, 61. I went, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. The last two were Wolves away and Middlesbrough right. away, and I think we got beat beat in the last one five 0 or didn't qualify for the UEFA Cup right. next season. Even though we finished, we finished Bowl. third in the league. Uh, oh, what was yeah. there was oh, no, a reason we didn't for in that, eighty, did we? There? We finished fourth in the league. Yeah, Middlesbrough beat us five 0 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we were just knackered. All of us, fans, players, everyone. So that was the norm then, wasn't it? If you did well in Europe and you got a, a bit of a way in the FA Cup. And there were 42 yeah. league games. And you didn't as well, have a they? big squad. You didn't have Darren Fletcher and John O'Shea and Johnny Evans and Young C. Park all on the bench. No. I mean, in that 09 season, Giggs and Skulls only played about 20 games each. They just had such a big squad. But no, Ipswich, Ipswich also lost to Manchester City in the 
semi-final of the cup, which meant they went through to play Tottenham at Wembley. And I went to the replay of that. I had a ticket for the replay. Man City, Tottenham. What, Ricky Villa? I was Villa? in the Tottenham end. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, we bring, and, uh, that's taken you a few oh, years mate, to admit that, hasn't it? was it? terrible. Oh. I, and also, it was an evening game, and I sort of slightly overdressed. I wore about three or four layers and a coat. I thought it was going to be cold. <laughs> it was a balmy... I thought you were into some... <laughs> sorry, I thought you meant you were in a dinner <laughs> no. suit or something. That's what I thought, yeah. <laughs> I had a bow tie on. Cuffing. <laughs> 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 Don't jump about, I'll lose my cufflinks. <laughs> I like those. So anyway, it was a very balmy evening. It's like the uh, when we had the Sheffield Wednesday replay, it's a bit different from the kind of showpiece event where they, the FA give 50,000 tickets away to all the various leagues or whatever. It's more, there are more fans in and there were more tickets yeah, yeah, available yeah. and it was terracing, there's 100,000. Anyway, I'm in there and uh, City scored an absolute stunning goal and the effort to keep my Mouth shut was really over, overbearing. Steve McKenzie at a <laughs> yeah. volley from 20 yards. I turned to the bloke next to me and said, Well, you've got to give him credit for the goal, haven't you? That was the credit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah. went down. So well, I yeah. By this time, I was really sweating a lot. I was perspiring heavily. I didn't need this coat. You couldn't. Like, now you could just take your coat off, put it under your seat. You took your coat off, put it down. You'd never see anything yep. again. This play, the place is swimming in urine. You, you didn't stay in the same place for more than two minutes. Everything's moving about. I was getting hotter and hotter. Giddy, I felt. Then, then the game went on and on and on. And then Ricky Villa started running towards me. And I could still remember him running. He was going this way and that way. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. And he scores. And it all went up. I got home late. And I had to go to school the next day and I went into geography, <laughs> sat next to my mate Bev and he goes, Bev was his unusual name for a boy, but he was my best friend at school. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, oh, ow, you pong. <laughs> and you might think, you might think it was because of the perspiration, uh, but no, of course, the truth was, I smelt of Tottenham. Ah. <laughs> oh. I had the horrible like aroma shit, of Tottenham Hotspur fans uh, uh, all over me. It's very hard to get that out. I don't know out. how I got it out of those clothes. Very hard. Time for the... Scrubbing brush. <laughs> I believe... We'll have to burn those in the back garden. So Tottenham oh. finished 10th in the league, I think, and and they qualified for for Europe in the Cup Winners' Cup. And, and bottom of the league, by the way, were oh. Crystal Palace, who, uh, who came up a couple of years before, the team of the 80s. And then everyone bought all their players. Terry Venables left yeah, for QPR. Relegated. We yeah. signed Kenny Sanson, Peter Nicholas. Mm. And yeah, and they got relegated. But yeah, what an amazing day. Mm. That game, I do remember it quite well. Because at the end of the match, Villa knew they'd won the league because Ipswich had lost. And then Ipswich had this meaningless game against that Southampton side that had Mick Channon and Alan Ball and Kevin Keegan and Dave Watson in it and all these people. Uh, but the game, the season was over, and the and the Villa fans came on, and the Arsenal fans came on. There's thousands of people on the pitch, and then a line, a thin blue line, right across it, across the halfway line of the, the constabulary, who were normally going around just cracking people on the head with truncheons. I'm sure you remember the eighties quite well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we do remember the eighties quite well. Although we used to sing songs about police killers, so you know, probably fair enough, wasn't it? Really? Harry Roberts is our friend. Remember all that God. nonsense? Uh, now, why did Aston Villa sack Ron Saunders? He just won them the league, and then the following is this year, a quiz? Well, they sacked him, and it was virtually his team that went on to win the Euro- European Cup. Have you ever won the European Cup? The European Cup? The European Cup? Have you ever no. won the European Cup? The European Cup? Oh, 
God, when we smashed them in the cup final in 2015, when Alexis Sanchez scored that goal, that wonder oh. goal, and they're still going, have you ever won the European Cup, the European Cup, the European Cup? Oh, God. So, well, back then, it probably so only, irritating. Only took you about 10 matches, wasn't it? Yeah. So that, by the way, I know there's too much trivia about 1981. No one cares. I know the listeners long left us, but... Southampton in winning that game qualified for Europe and meant that Nottingham Forest didn't mm. and Manchester United didn't. It's a very different league in those days. I'm just Googling why did Villa sack Ron Did Saunders? he say something untoward? Possibly. Oh, he wasn't a cheerful soul, but I mean... <laughs> no, oh, I don't know why no, he got he sacked. Resigned. He resigned. No, yeah. He resigned. He resigned from Probably Villa happened. on the 9th of February 1982 due to a disagreement with the board over his contract. They were in the quarterfinals mm. of the European Cup at the time. Tony Barton took over and they won the European Cup, the European Cup, the European Cup. <laughs> Do you think there are the European competitions will be the same if we go back to normal? I can't see why they should do. I mean, I think we should have the league system and then as soon as we go into the knockouts, just do one group group match. Don't, don't do a two-legged, just go one game. So if you get drawn away, that's it. It's too much money, mate. <sighs> They have to have yeah, as many games but as I tell you so why. I hate to break it to you, mate, but it's really not going to involve us. No, sadly not. Uh, well, you say that, Alan, but we live in, a, we live in f- different times. Things change. Yeah. You know, people power. Yeah. Isn't there going to be a second Euro, Euro, uh, Europa no, League? No. Like for even... <laughs> Not another. Please, no. <laughs> Lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'll see you soon. Absolutely. Yeah, ta-da, Al. See you, Keith. Ta-da. Cheers, mate. Bye. All the best.